Howdy, welcome to another episode of Cannon Calls. This week, I have the honor of talking to a good friend of ours, Summer Jaeger, who is one half of the podcast, Sheologians. We chat about Christmas music etiquette, the Enneagram, and her brand new book club. But before we get going, I wanted to tell you guys some good news. If you remember a few weeks back when I interviewed the Babylon Bee guys, Ethan Nicole mentioned that he had a book he was publishing with us at Cannonball Books called Brave Ollie Possum. It is now available for pre-order at cannonpress.com, and you do not want to miss out. It is 370 pages with over 200 illustrations. Get it, and your kids will love you for it. And if you follow the Babylon Bee, you know that this is going to be top-notch stuff. So, go get that at cannonpress.com, 10% off, and without further ado, Meet Summer Jaeger. Summer Jaeger. Did I get your last name right? <laughs> you did. Good job. Okay. Mac- do people do people ever like really venture out with Jaeger? Do they try other ways? Uh Jagger, Jaeger. Jagger, yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. I like what you're doing here. Hey, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. So I wanted to get small talk out of the way and I wanted to dive deep into controversy on the spot. I don't know if if there's, yeah, I know there's been blogs written about it, but is it true that you are already listening to Christmas music? And what are your (laughs) thoughts on all the pushback? What are the thoughts on the pushback? Right. Yes. Okay. So my personal belief, and and a lot of people take take umbrage with this, which is wrong of them, but it's fine. Um, my personal belief is that Thanksgiving is a great holiday, but it's part of the Christmas season. It's like pre-Christmas. <laughs> That's my position. Okay. Therefore, I believe on November 1st is the day that you decorate because you're preparing for the Christmas season. Um, but you also have to understand that I live in the desert. I live in a place where it's very, 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 very hot and it's hot for an extended period of time. And so what we experience and my children, my children feel this too. And you guys will say, I've been washed them and it's me and I did this, but I did not. Okay. When (sighs) it drops down below 100 degrees and then in the morning, there's like this it's like in the seventies outside okay. that is, you feel it, right? You feel it in your soul. You feel, you feel this, like something's coming and it's not, it's not, it's not the Halloween feeling. It's not like something wicked is coming. It's like, sure. Ooh, something is, something wicked is coming, you know? Sure. And so the first, the first day, um, it was actually the, the first day of fall, which was like September or something. I don't know. Um, that we felt something in the air that wasn't like a hot air dryer, every single one of us, my kids included, they all said, oh, I feel like it's the holidays. And so I turned the Christmas music on and I don't care how you feel about it. Yeah. You've caught a lot of flack online and I, you know, just as a bystander, you know, I've just made sure to watch. I didn't want to enter in. It seemed fierce. Yeah. yeah. yeah you shouldn't. It's dangerous. These are there. really People contentious times. Yeah. They are. And a lot of people are very wrong and you just have to let them be wrong. <laughs> right. Well, you just leave it up to God. That's what I've learned. Yeah. That's right. I, I grew up in Texas, so I, I have a lot of uh, sympathy for this position. 
Um, my birthday is in November, so I it's pretty much after that that it's it's. Uh, well, yeah, just here for me, I you know I I have been encouraged as you you know plant a flag in the in these culture wars. Um, yes. <laughs> so Summer no, Yeager, okay. host of Sheologians. Um, the way that I wanted to uh, kind of do this is if if it looked, if we were just on a plane ride, and I just didn't know okay. anything about you, you know that we hadn't already met at Grace Agenda, you hadn't participated in a very controversial soft serve, mm. um, highly, which we <laughs> who knew that's you know our most watched soft serve, and we're pretty proud of it. So really, um, I did not know that. That's yeah, by very far. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept finding like clips on the internet. People were very upset. Um, <laughs> Didn't I talk about the weather? Okay, you whatever. Talked... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you host a podcast. What? What? How did you even? What got you into podcasting? Yes. So I am the co-host of Sheologians, and I have a hard time. I have a hard time telling people that because it is a pun. And, um, I did not, I did not name the show. My, my, uh, pastor, former pastor named the show. And, and honestly, I didn't care what he wanted to name it because this was supposed to just be kind of like a fun little side hobby that I did. Um, and then the Lord had other plans. So, um, so now, you know, I kind of, I'm traveling and, or people ask me what I do and I'm like, Oh, I have a podcast and they ask me what it's called. And then I cringe a little bit because I'm about to serve them the worst pun, the cheesiest <laughs> pun. <laughs> and I just have to like really own it and go, go for it. So, um, yeah, we basically, it came about because I was hanging out with a, a friend of mine. Um, he's also a friend of Canon, um, Marcus Pittman oh, and yes, he, yes. That's right. And so he at the time was with Apologia Studios and he, <laughs> he just said, you know, I think you should have a podcast. And, and I didn't necessarily disagree with him. Um, I kind of grew up, uh, my dad has one of like the older podcasts, Christian podcasts out there. He's been, um, doing radio and, and he, <laughs> his radio program became a webcast which was like the pre podcast, you know? Right. So pretty much my dad doing the dividing line and then the Michael Horton doing white horse and they're kind of like the grandpas to all of us. Sure. Um, so he started in radio. Um, and so I was used to, you know, going to the radio station with him and, and just public speaking was something I just, I've never known anything different. So, when my friend said you should have a podcast, I was just like, yeah, that's what people do. Right. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Um, and then he asked joy who, um, is one of the co-hosts on apology radio. And I barely knew her. Like we had, we honestly had only met a couple months before this started. Um, and, and I really, we were getting to know each other and we got along really well. And he said, Joy should do it with you. You guys should do a podcast for reformed women. And we just thought, okay, like <laughs> we didn't really ha put a ton of thought into it. Honestly, we just thought, okay, 
let's just try to be as faithful as possible and have a good time. And um, Joy even, she drew, she hand drew the logo. And like I said, our pastor gave us a name. And and I, like I said, I just laughed at it because I was like, that's such a terrible name, but like, who cares? No one's going to hear this podcast. We're just going to be faithful and, and see what happens. And I didn't even notice a couple weeks ago when we crossed the uh, 2 million downloads mark. Wow, it be- congrats. It just isn't, it's just crazy. Um, it's, it's crazy what the Lord's done in such a short amount of time. And like I said, our, our goal from the beginning has just been to be faithful and have fun. And we sometimes we get a lot of like flack for that, actually. Um, because I think the reformed world right now has like a really kind of weird relationship with podcasts. Now I'm going off on a tangent. I just think, um, so your podcast and my podcast, we both kind of, we have, we probably have very similar audiences, people that, um, they're serious about theology and they like to read and they want to know their faith more. And I think all of that's really great, but I think what we've seen as social media has continued to grow, which is also a good thing, um, is that people are starting to view their online activity as their main source of, of spiritual food and spiritual learning. And so for Joy and I, as we, as we do this podcast, part of what we consider being faithful um, is not viewing ourselves that way, is, is not wrongly putting a burden on ourselves um, to be some kind of like shepherds or, or spiritual <laughs> leaders. Sure. Um, because a lot of people, they do, they, they, they really consider what they choose to consume from the internet as their main source of spiritual food. And so we just really want to stay away from that. We want to encourage Christian women and we want to help Christian women um, think through their faith and how to live it out and what that should look like and and how to love each other. Um, But it is this whole thing that we're doing. Like it just can be very weird sometimes. Yeah. So when, when did you start? When was the first episode? Uh, September 29th of 2016. So we just, we just passed three years. That's awesome. So at the time, was there anything like this? Like what was, you said your demographic was going to be reformed women. What, what else? Yeah. Like, did you guys see a lack there and that's why you wanted to jump in? That's right. So I, when I first started podcasting, I didn't listen to podcasts. There wasn't a podcast for me. Um, There just, there wasn't anything that interested me. There wasn't something where I felt like I was the audience. And so Joy and I both felt similarly about that. We did not feel that there was a podcast for us. So we decided to make a podcast for like what we would want out of a podcast. Um, and it wasn't long after that um, cross politics started shortly after us mm-hmm. and what have you started shortly after us. Um, and I really feel like there's kind of been an explosion in podcasts for like the type of people that we're trying to reach. If you look at the iTunes charts, for example, I mean, a lot of what you're going to find there is just straight garbage. Like it's stuff that you would really not want anybody to listen to. And then a lot of stuff that's geared towards women is, you know, it's funny how often I hear Christian women talk about how they don't want to be treated like you know, like the Victorian ideal. But then if you look at what's popular for women, it is kind of a lot of, you know, 
here's a nice couch for you to lay your head and here's some pretty flowers and you're beautiful and it's a lot of hair padding. So it's kind of ironic um, that that is what sells, but also Joy and I have never been hair patters and obviously, you know, we do pretty well. So I do think women want, and, and what have you, um, does very well too. And I, because I really believe that Christian women want, um, what we're trying to give them. Yeah. I did notice, uh, no doilies was in your tagline. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not, like I said, I'm not good at titling things, and I didn't put a ton of thought into any of this when we started. I'm just <laughs> no, I thought it was good. It's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, and, and and really that was a lot of my inspiration was not feeling like there was anything out there really for me, um, and it's not that I hate doilies or have anything <laughs> against doilies. It was just that I felt like everything else was a doily, yeah, you sure. know? Sure, sure, and brand distinction helps, you know? Uh, which is, given the field, it sounds like it was pretty easy to differentiate yourself. Very, very, very easy up front. Yes. So you started in 2016. It is now, uh, October 8th, 2019. And yes. what would you say, would you say, uh, what are like the biggest lessons you guys have learned? And then how would you say you're different from when you started or if you're different at all, or how would you talk about sort of the evolution Oh, yeah. So when we first started, our goal was to be a, a micro podcast. There was a brief amount of time. And that was when we were born that podcasts would distinguish themselves based on their runtime. Uh, and we were going to be a 15 minute podcast. And very quickly we discovered that, um, all of the complaints that we had was that our show was too short. Uh, and so we were like, okay, well, let's just talk for however long we want. Um, and so obviously that's, I mean, being a micro podcast did not last long. We actually have a section of listeners who joke around and they'll say things like, I started listening to you when you were still a micro podcast, which was really just like the first six episodes, <laughs> but that's kind of like, that's like the inside joke is like back when you were a micro podcast, which was, sure. you know, brief, brief, briefly in 2016. Um, and I think we actually broke out of that with, uh, one of your authors. I think when we had, uh, Becca Merkel on to talk about even exile, um, that was when we were like, let's, let's quit trying to be a micro podcast. That's um, awesome. but I think so for a while, um, we, before we had lots and lots of consistent listeners, um, we kind of just said what, whatever we wanted to say. And then this thing happened where we, we did our, our series on feminism and that was really when we got our audience. Uh, we did our series on feminism and then at the same time that happened, um, you know, the Me Too movement was happening and the Women's March happened and uh, back to Marcus Pittman, he recorded me talking to people at the Women's March and that video and, and the feminism series really kind of brought us an audience. And so for the first time, Joy and I had a lot of people listening to us. And I think it made us really self-conscious, which is a good thing. And I think every podcast should go through this a little bit. Um, and I've noticed that listening to other shows, you know, now that I've been a podcast listener for a few years, I feel like every host goes through this kind of thing where, you realize people are listening and what you start doing is you start making a lot of qualifications. <laughs> you start making yeah. 
a lot of caveats. Um, and it's not always a good thing. And, and you want, you want to be careful. And most of us don't want to offend people despite (laughs) what you might think. Um, and you, you kind of become really self-conscious. And so I think if you listen to the show over time, you can kind of hear when we were trying to be very careful because we didn't want to be misunderstood. And, and I think the, one of the big, big things that we've learned over time is that um, lots and lots of qualifications does not necessarily equal faithfulness. Um, sometimes faithfulness means you just say the plain darn truth and you lay it out on the table without any qualification. <laughs> I think we live in a time where nuance is being nuanced to death. And so what we want to do is as clearly and as lovingly as possible, we want to tell the truth without 1 billion caveats and just, just let it, just let it be. Um, because what, what I'm finding is that typically the people that need the most caveats, you know, they need that Victorian fainting couch before they can hear what you're going to say. Um, they're not actually super committed to understanding what you're going to say anyway. And, um, so I think that's, that is one of the biggest things I try to do now because I also think uh, giving a lot of caveats and a lot of qualifications can be a form of people pleasing. Um, Maybe not always, but maybe. And so just trying to be mindful of the fact that we're speaking into a culture that is increasingly hostile to what we're saying, but we're speaking specifically to Christians who need to be reminded to stand firm and do their duty. And that's not a super popular message Um, and I just think we need to be careful not to become the Queens of, of nuance. Right. There's this little book called Friedman's Fables. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. So there was this guy named Edwin Friedman and he was a, um, clinical psychologist. Maybe he puts together these fables. One of my favorites is that there's this kid whose nerve endings are growing through his skin. Oh, and, uh, so highly highly sensitive. And so mom's making sure nothing's going to like out of nowhere hit his nerves or anything like that. And what they find is he, they continue to grow and grow and grow. And so people are obviously like crossing the street, not to touch this guy. And like every time something does, they get bigger. Turns out he gets married to a woman who eventually just starts hacking away at his nerves. (laughs) And, uh, and then Uh they establish, they have a great relationship and everything else. (laughs) Just this tendency to, hedging and making those concessions like you said there might actually be a discipleship kind of action happening through the tone part right yes and one thing i'm so thankful for for joy in this because she um well and heather uh heather wilson was another person that really helped with this and helped me think through it but you know joy and i would be talking before an episode and i would ask her you know, Hey, should we mention this? Or should we mention that? Or do you think it's important to say this? And, and joy got to a point and I'm so thankful for this, where she would just say, summer, if someone wants to misunderstand us, they're going to misunderstand us no matter what we say. Um, and so I think you can see that happening in dialogue right now, just across, I mean, just get on social media. Um, there are people who, genuinely ask good faith questions and want to understand a position. And then there are those who are committed 
to only seeing and hearing what you have to say in a certain way. Or, and, and I think we need to stop worrying about those people because that really is, a, that is a, another discipleship issue at right. the end of the day. So even topically, as you mentioned, you guys have either tiptoed through this minefield or just gone straight into it. Uh, just to scroll through your page, you find things on like critical race theory, uh, the Enneagram, which was uh, very brave, and yeah, <laughs> UFOs, turning 30, modesty, horror. You mentioned uh-huh. the Me Too movement. So topically, yeah. I have to imagine, too, when you guys got into the podcast game, there was probably very few shows covering the gambit topically. Yes, for sure. And so when I run into people, um, I don't know. So for example, my eye doctor a couple of weeks ago asking what I do. Um, when I give people a really quick one sentence breakdown of, you know, oh, I have a podcast. Oh, what's your podcast about? I say, um, it's all the things that you're not supposed to talk about through a Christian worldview. Uh, so it's things like it's, it's the things that are going to be difficult because I think we need to be able to have these conversations. Um, and my concern is, is if Christians aren't willing to have a difficult conversation about the Enneagram, then we are just going to continue going the way of the culture. Um, and so we kind of, I know Joy would say with me that we kind of want to stand up a bit against that and just be a faithful witness and say like, Hey, um, it's totally easier to just acknowledge that your cousin Linda loves the Enneagram and she's going to keep posting about it. The easy thing to do is to do nothing. The hard thing to do is to have a difficult conversation about it. Um, it's really difficult to talk about the Me Too movement. It's super hard and it's super hard for women in particular. Um, you know, I was last week I was on this South African radio show. I heard about this. And <laughs> yes, and, uh, that means, you know, I'm, it was from midnight to 2 a.m. my time that I was on this show. It was Friday morning, their time. And um, the, for some reason, we have a lot of listeners in South Africa and their cultural climate around Me Too is not the same as ours. Um, not the same at all, because there's an epidemic there happening um, of sexual abuse. And so those listeners had questions for me. Um, and those were difficult questions. It was really difficult to try to answer these questions at one o'clock in the morning, but it would be difficult at any time of the day sure. um, because I'm speaking into a context that's that's different than mine. But regardless, um, I still think that just because conversations are difficult doesn't mean we shouldn't have them. Um, and I think that, that at the end of the day, what I really, really want to do is my absolute best to communicate clearly and faithfully and to be an example of, of what that should look like. And so sometimes um, picking the most difficult topic is just a way to do, <laughs> a way to do that. What topic has caught the most dumpster fire Twitter experience? And then is there a topic that you totally expected it? to happen and it totally went by without a without a whisper yes so for that second one the one where it went by joy and i did an episode i want to say it was almost a year ago now i can't remember on um the fact that marriage is normative 
for a Christian, okay. like just for humanity. Sure. Um, because there's a lot of conversation going on right now about singleness. And then you have like the whole gay Christian celibate movement. There's a lot of conversation about, I, I just feel like an elevation of, of singleness and, and there's always somebody asking about the exception. Right. Exactly. Trying to make the exception, the rule. And yeah. so Joy and I decided that's right. It was last November because I remember, um, you guys were doing, um, oh, no quarter. you guys were doing no quarter. And I said to joy, let's just do this episode. No quarter. Like, let's just say what we want to say about the fact that marriage is the normative experience for humanity. Um, and why that is, why that's a good thing. And, and given the climate, I really thought we'd get more pushback than we did. We did not get a ton of pushback. Um, so that I thought was, very strange that that was strange um and then the one that i kind of expected it but it happened bigger than i thought was like you mentioned the enneagram um that episode alone i think has something like 150,000 downloads wow um, I did not expect that. I'm not all of our episodes get 150,000. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that one was huge. And I did not, I knew that, um, I knew our listeners would appreciate it, but just the, the places that it traveled, you know, I was getting tagged in like yoga studios from Newark, New Jersey, you know, people <laughs> that were listening to this and talking about it. And, um, I, in the circles that I travel in, there's not a lot of people that care about the Enneagram at all. Um, it's a very small percentage of people, but in the broader evangelical movement, um, the Enneagram is super popular. And um, the people that that really hardcore believe in it and actually offer it as a way to get closer to Christ, they're really upset by the things that we had to say. Um, and so they they had a lot <laughs> they had a lot to say about that. I remember, I think I remember a dust up, oh, it might have been a few years back, about the if gathering. That is still. right. Yes. No, I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, I wanted to be super careful careful with the if gathering, and um, that was not a super fun time, actually, um, because it was such a like discernment issue, um, because I think faithful Christians have been a part of the if gathering um, and so it was, it was not fun. Um, doing that episode was not super enjoyable. The reason that we did it was because I had so many people constantly messaging sheologians asking for our 10 cents on it. And I just kept ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. And then finally I was like, joy, our inbox is flooded. We have, we have to respond to this. Um, and so what's so funny about that is that when I, we originally did that episode, um, I had someone, I had a lot of messages, but I had someone message me kind of upset with, uh, you know, what we had said and, and she had been hosting cause you can host different if gatherings at different churches, you know, all have to go to the same place. And she had been hosting one for her church for a while. And she seemed to feel that we had, we had misrepresented them and we were wrong. And, um, so that was a tough conversation that I had. But anyway, a couple of weeks ago, she messaged me to say, I've been thinking about this for the last year and a half and I'm not going to be hosting this anymore. And so that, that made it all worth it for me was that somebody, and it's not just that she wasn't going to do 
she wasn't going to host the if gathering. She was going to do something so much better. Um, and she was going to help her church focus on like Bible reading. And she listed something else. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was like, it was a replacement. It wasn't just, okay, someone else isn't doing the if gathering. It was okay. Someone else is not hosting this and they're replacing it with something so much better. Um, and so much more biblical and it's going to be so much more edifying. And so that made all of that dust up. And it was um, April of last year, I think, 2018 or something like that. Um, That's awesome. So that, that one turned out well. Yes, it did. <laughs> um, okay. And then you're doing a book club right now okay. and the watch club, right? It's also a watch thing. Yes. So we meet um, via, we do a live, uh, I do a live stream every Friday um, morning. So basically, and again, this was Heather, this was Heather Wilson's idea. She planted, the <laughs> seed. she planted the seed in my head. She was like, you should do a book club. Um, and I have never been a part of a book club <laughs> and I've never even seen anything about what a book club looks like. And now I'm leading, I, th I think somewhere around 350 people through, um, a very difficult book. So it's been a fun learning curve since we started, um, the beginning of September and everyone told me when you start a book club, choose an easy book. And so I chose the most difficult book. Um, I chose Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy okay. because um, it really is, it has been like a textbook for Joy and I um, over the last year and a half. Whenever we've tackled big, big issues, um, there's somewhere in Love Thy Body that has been a, a point, a source of information for us. And I think I just want everybody to read it. I want to get as many people to read it as possible. And so I thought this would be a great way to do that. And so, um, and you had the author on, right? You had Nancy Piercy. Yes. Yes. We interviewed her this past January. Um, and she, she's just been such a, like a mentor to me and she wrote a foreword for a Canon book recently. Um, yes. And she just, I really, really look up to her and she's been very helpful. And what's been so encouraging about the book club, I cannot tell you, I, I did not expect this. Um, Heather is somewhere going, yeah, I knew that would happen. Um, was <laughs> Is that every Friday when I hop on there and, and people show up for the live stream and we're going over the chapter we just read and, you know, they're able to chat back and forth with me as we talk through the material um, number one, it is tough material and I have to do a lot of prep for that. I feel like I'm teaching a college level class and I don't know who thought I was qualified for that, but we're having a great time. Um, but what is really encouraging to me is that, um, having reading this material, this very difficult material, um, with other believers, uh, it's amazing to me just how much we have in common. And that's so encouraging um, to have people. We have people from Germany. I mean, I think we have someone on every continent um, in the book club. But to be reading this together and to be talking about it together and just to hear the thoughtful questions and comments that my fellow believers are making, it just really reminds me of the unity of our faith. And obviously, I'm a Reformed Baptist and we've got Presbyterians and we've got Lutherans and we've got, you know, we've got all stripes. But the unity of our faith is still there and the issues that we come together on is still there. And so that is encouraging. And then just the, you know, the average person in the group, I'm talking about moms, you know, I'm not talking about professors and, and seminary trained women. Like 
these are just women um, with very just run of the mill. It's us normal women. Um, the kind of like very real fellowship that we can have through the internet has been so encouraging to me um, over the last couple of months. So as long as people want to keep doing this book club, I'm going to keep doing it. And Joy's off her maternity leave. She's going to join me. And it's just been a really good time. So if somebody wanted to do it, where would they go? Would they go to like sheologians.com? Um, okay. So all of the book club stuff is through Patreon. Um, Patreon. Is, okay. Yes. You can sign up for a dollar a month. Um, so this is not a this is not a, a way to boost our income or something. We are completely funded through Patreon, but um, like I said, you could spend a dollar a month to become a part of the book club. It's just a way for us to keep everybody in one spot um, and for everything to be, uh, you know, the sure. truth of the matter is, Sheologians has a lot of um, enemies. <laughs> we have a lot of people that don't like us. And I wanted to make sure that those people who didn't have like an active um, investment in the book club wouldn't be able to spoil it for everybody else. So um, Patreon is a great way to do that. We have discussion threads that we do every week. And like I said, we live stream and have a live video conference every Friday to talk about that week's chapter. And it's just, it's a really good time. So trolling this group, it would be an investment. Yes, you have to pay. If you want to come troll my book club, you're going to have to pay at least a dollar a month. So, <laughs> I mean, the best kind of trolling is skin in the game. So, you know, that's right. that's hats like, off that's to them. Commitment. <laughs> Are you still in Love Thy Body right now? Is that what's... Yes. Okay. So we're still doing Love Thy Body. Um, it really is the kind of thing where you can jump in whenever you want because all of the discussions that we've had are there. Um, so oh, nice, nice. People been... can catch up. That's right. So you can catch up. And I've been telling people, if this is the kind of book that you have wanted to read, but you're intimidated by, um, join us whenever, because you've got all this past info. You've got the discussion threads and the videos and, and people asking questions and helping each other through the material. And um, none of it's going to be deleted. That's another benefit of Patreon. It's all in one place and easy to find. And um, so if this is material that's uh, scared you you know don't be scared join the book club and and we'll help you through it and i don't know what book we're going to do next but we'll probably be starting a new book towards the end of of november so and i don't know what it's going to be awesome and so earlier you mentioned um you're a reformed baptist you're yes. one of those um I am. and it's been interesting to me to see where the fault lines have been laid like in the last two years, and even in reference to you, we mentioned your soft serve, major controversy. I don't know if you know this, but you are a federal visionist. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I want to say that I might remember a time where it was like, oh, Presbyterians over there in the cafeteria, the Reformed Baptists are at that table. Has it been weird that all of a sudden you found yourself at different people's tables and taking on their the sins of of that group as well yeah no it's super weird it's so funny because you know we all woke up today right to that video of ellen going viral where oh, right. she had, she had to explain her friendship with george w bush um and i honestly that none of none of that surprises me it bums me out that nowadays it would be so her position is so radical like, hey, we disagree, but we can still be friends. Um, and people, what's funny to me, and I, I almost commented on this 
and then I decided to keep my mouth shut. But it's funny to me how many people find her message so appealing. They're like, yeah, this is so true. This is good, you know? Um, but my question is, is are we really going to live that out? Like, are you truly going to live that out? Because at least, at least 10, 15 times a week, somebody wants me to answer for something Doug Wilson has said. <laughs> somebody wants me to answer for something Rachel has said. Somebody wants me to answer for something my dad has said. Somebody wants me to answer for something Apologia has said. Um, and there's a real, there's a real problem that I think um, I try to remember that we are really in the early days of social media. We are really the first generation of Christians raised around social media, and um, we're just really bad at it. Like we are, just, <laughs> yeah. we are, we are no, we are no good at this. Um, and so I try to be really gracious, and um, I try to try to be conscious of that as I deal with people. Um, but there does come a point where it's like, you're right. You know, I am a reformed Baptist. People don't know what federal vision really is, but they know, <laughs> We've noticed. yeah, they know that it's really bad. They don't know that a reformed Baptist by definition cannot be a part of this group. Like by definition, I cannot hold to federal vision. Right. <laughs> Um, but people will still accuse me of such because I am not willing to condemn Doug Wilson. Um, I think the problem happened a long time ago when there was any woman out there who thinks it's their job to condemn a pastor on the internet, right? That's my problem with you. That's where I think you jumped the shark. So I just think we have to learn how to be better at this. Um, we have, we have a lot left to learn and I agree with everything that Ellen said in that video, but I'm, I'm upset that number one, it had to be said. And number two, that the people who are, you know, cheering for it, honestly, they're the ones that I'm seeing, they're the least likely to actually live by that principle. It's yeah. a problem. Summer, thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. What Absolutely. if... You wanted to send somebody to one Sheologians episode that you think this is this you would get who we are. What episode should people download? Oh no! Okay, so I don't have an answer for that, but my listeners do because okay. um, on our three-year anniversary, I asked people, "What was your favorite? What's your favorite episode?" Um, and a lot of people tell us that. Um, our feminism series, either one of them, um, is where you should go. But number two, the most popular, like voted on single episode is an episode called Bitter Betty's, um, <laughs> which I just, I did not expect. Um, but we just, we did an episode on bitterness and, and obviously we talk about Christian living. That's part of, that's what we do. That's what we want to do. Um, and so, yeah, the episode bitter Betty's apparently is a fan favorite. I don't remember a single thing I said, but that's what the listeners tell me. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Canon press has kind of made a name off of the bitterness, uh, world too, with, uh, how to be free from bitterness. Yeah, how to be free from bitterness by, uh, Doug's dad. That's right. I have it's, it right there, it actually. is a cult classic. Yes. Um, and I didn't get it until I read it. And then I just thought like, I had no idea how bitter I am. Right. It's, no, actually I have the book too. And I, I read the first three pages like last weekend or something. And I was just like, 
Okay, I'm gonna have to wait till I'm not <laughs> five other books to read this one sure. to really digest it because sure. because wow. Yeah, so it's not a surprise at all if you guys like actually brought the gospel to bitterness. I mean, there's it's right. somehow this like hidden gem that yeah. no one really thinks to talk about. So right. awesome. Well, so and I was another overlap to cut you off real quick no, is no uh, what kind of when uh I think Joy pitched the idea of us talking about bitterness, but one of the things that really helped me think through it was that um, I had just read Nancy's book on contentment, and that okay. really helped me yeah, think that one. That, so. Yeah, that one, that one hurts too. I uh, <laughs> there's something about I, she mentions Christians are not allowed to say they're so stressed out and yes. over it or something. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, wow, who knew that I was so discontent? Right. Um, yes. Oh, that one shot me through the heart too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're the best. The 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 worst best. The, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Summer, thank you again. And where do we want to send people? Obviously, your Patreon, uh, yeah. your podcast. Yes. So Anything if you want else? to join the book club, you go to Patreon.com/slash/Sheologians. Any donation amount um, is what we do to. It's what we use to produce the show, and then um, you can be a part of the book club. And for all of our episodes and blogs and whatnot, you can go to sheologians.com. And I think we're on most podcast apps, um, iTunes for sure. And I don't know what else because I'm an iPhone user. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but sheologians.com is, is where you can find everything since we started. Awesome. Thank you, Summer. Appreciate you. Absolutely, Jake. We'll talk to you later. Take care.